Hey friends, you're listening to the Student Ministry Sermon Podcast from First Christian Church. Our hope is that these words bless you, lead you closer to Jesus, and help you follow Him more faithfully. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy. Thank you guys for humoring me. My name is Matt. I am the children's pastor here. Some of you guys have actually been in children's ministry with me, so I recognize your guys' faces. Yeah, uh huh. Some of you, I'm glad, are no longer in children's ministry. I'm not going to say which one I'm thinking of. And when Pastor Josh and Micah told me that you guys were doing a, a lesson series on stories that you remember as a child, I couldn't think of a better one than talking about Daniel and his friends. Because there's so much great things for you guys to learn from their story. And a lot of you guys probably know that story. In fact, you could probably tell it better than that book told you right now. <laughs> Maybe let's hold the balls, dance the children. Um, but I want to come and I want to give you guys some thoughts on this story and these stories that maybe are going to be impactful not only to the way in which you live your lives today, but the way in which you will live your lives for the rest of your life. So to give you guys a little bit of context on these stories. So... Um, the beginning of the story, Daniel and his friends were taken away into Babylon. And they were taken away from their homes in Jerusalem because they had sinned. Now, for millennia, the people of Israel were stuck in this cycle of sin. Uh, they would sin by worshiping other gods. They would worship idols. And then God would punish them. They would send some sort of a calamity, like a, a famine or a, 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 some sort of army to come and destroy the cities. And, and they, would, they would repent and they would cry out to God and say, God, we're so sorry. Please save us. And then God would send a deliverer who would help them through their situation, whether that's an army to come and, and defeat the army that was defeating them or miraculous rain that would come down and the people would say thank you so much God and they would uh, they would fall into complacency and the next thing they knew they were falling into sin again and this happened not just a couple of times it happened for thousands of years and finally God got to the point where he was like I'm done with these people we are no longer going to be do uh, uh, we're not going to let these people uh, uh, live in their land anymore and just do whatever they want. And so he sent the nation of Babylon to take them away into exile. And Daniel and his friends were chosen to be part of the royal court. Now, do you know why Daniel and his friends were chosen to be part of the royal court? Does anybody have any idea? They were the cool kids. Kinda. They were the smartest, the best looking, and the richest. Doesn't that sound like a great way to choose somebody? But listen to what the Bible actually says. Then the king commanded his chief unit to bring to him some people from Israel, both of the royal family and the nobility, youths without blemish of good appearance and skillful wisdom, endowed in knowledge and understanding, and competent to stand in the king's palace so that they could be taught literature and the language of the Chaldeans. They were chosen because they looked good. Because they were rich and because they were smart. But God chose them for other reasons. You see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not the only Israelites chosen. But they were special. God chose them because they had made a decision to follow God regardless of what their circumstances were. 
And the reason why I thought that this story would be so impactful for you guys is because in the same way that Daniel and his friends lived in a strange land amongst a strange people who wanted nothing to do with their God, you all live in a world and in a city and in a country that wants nothing to do with your God and your Jesus. Now I'm going to make an assumption here today that you guys have decided to follow Jesus. Now that's a big assumption. There's a lot of you here today who are here because it's cool, because you've got friends who are here, because they have free food, they've got a great place for you to do your uh, skateboarding uh, or just hang out. But there are some of you who are here because you want to learn more about Jesus and because you want to follow him. And so I hope that you learn a bit from this story today that will hopefully be an encouragement to you as you go on in your lives. And that you make the daily decisions the way that Daniel and his friends did to follow the one true God regardless of what society is telling you to do. The first thing that I want to point out, and this is going to be up on the screen, is that followers of Jesus can flourish in any context, any and every context. Followers of Jesus can flourish in any and every context. Your life may need to look different, but you can still be blessed by following him. Just a couple of verses after the ones I just read. Daniel 1, 8-9 says this, But Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself with the king's food or what he drank. And therefore he asked the chief of the eunuchs not to defile himself, and God gave him favor and compassion in the sight of the chief eunuch. Now, some of you guys know this part of the story. I'm going to give you kind of basically a full overview of a couple of stories of theirs. This story goes like this. Daniel and his friends get to the court with all of the other Jewish people, and they look at this food that they're told to eat. And they realize that, one, some of this food is unclean food that they're told in the Bible not to eat. And some of it has been sacrificed to idols. And they know that they're not supposed to eat this. Now, most of the other people decide, nah, I'm just going to eat it. It's free food. I'm just going to do it. But Daniel and his friends say, we're going to follow God anyway. We shouldn't eat this food. So they come up with this challenge. They go to the chief and say, hey, uh, why don't we do this? We'll eat vegetables and drink water, and the rest of your people will just, you know, eat this food, which was mostly like fatty food with, uh, you know, lots of uh, cheeses and meats and that kind of stuff and drinking alcohol and wine and all that. And at the end of 10 days, we'll see who looks better. And so they do this, and after 10 days, you can tell who probably had a better appearance and who is more healthy and who is better in their schoolwork, the people who chose to eat the vegetables and drink the water. So then everybody in the whole group had to start eating the same stuff. I'm sure all of the people who were there were super excited about it. Instead of eating the really cool food, they got to eat the vegetables. But the point is the fact that they had made a decision to follow God even when it was unpopular. And what I want to tell you guys today is that if you look at the world today, there are Christians everywhere. Just like Daniel and his friends were in the highest of the courts, you can find people in every major profession who have chosen to follow Jesus. Um, just like Daniel and his friends. To be a Christian does not mean that you need to go only to a Christian school or have Christian friends or do Christian jobs. What it means is following him in every way possible. Sometimes it means modifying certain things that you do so that you don't jeopardize your faith, but you can still do those things. Daniel and his friends were able to be in the king's court and be a good witness. They may not have been able to do everything that they wanted them to do, but they could still be there. 
Now, I, uh, when I went off to college, I actually chose to go to a big secular university. How many of you guys have heard of UC Berkeley? It's a really big college. I don't know how many of you guys have any pictures of what that place is like, but I know the adults here do. When you hear UC Berkeley, you think protests, you think hippies, you think a lot of other kinds of stuff that I don't know that I can discuss here in this country. Um, and a lot of that is true. 100% a lot of that is true. Um, and I chose to go there because I wanted to go to a, a big school, and it was a good school. Um, and it was hard. There was a lot of people who I interacted with who had a different way of thinking about their lives. But I was still able to be a Christian witness, even in a big secular university such as that. I had non-Christian friends. I had classes with people who had wanted nothing to do with Jesus. But I still made a decision to surround myself with close confidants who did follow Jesus and helped me in those times when I needed it. Following Jesus in your context, whether you've chosen to go to a Christian school or a public one, if you're homeschooled, if you're going to Hancock or Harvard, whether you go to a Christian college or seminary or anywhere in between, you can still flourish. This is up on the screen. Your commitment to Jesus does not have to change in order for you to follow your passions and find your place in this world. I think there's a lot of forces that are on you guys today which are telling you if you follow Jesus, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go there. You can't be a doctor because that's a scientific profession. You need nothing to do with science, so you can't be a doctor. And everything else in between. I want you to know that you can do whatever God has called you to do, just like Daniel and his friends, and still follow Jesus. But there is a but. There is a but. The next thing is that followers of Jesus will be persecuted in any and every culture. You guys probably know the story of Daniel and his friends and how they were persecuted. We talked about one just now in the book with the fiery furnace. The king. What was the name of the king? Do you guys remember his name? Nebuchadnezzar. You guys heard that name before? He built a huge statue and told everyone they needed to worship it. And everybody did except Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And then Daniel's story. He was told he wasn't allowed to pray to God. And he did anyway. And where was he from? I heard it. Into a lion's den. You guys all know that story. Regardless of what the consequences were, they chose to follow God anyway. And in both instances, they were punished. They lived in a culture that rejected God, but they did not allow that to phase them. In today's culture... Everybody and everything rejects Jesus and God. I don't have to tell you today that, that you are told on a daily basis that you need to abandon your arcane beliefs and follow the rule of society. Jesus actually warns us in his scripture. He says, if the world hates you, remember that it has hated me first. Going to a big secular public university like Berkeley, I definitely faced that. I had one lady who just looked at me and said, you know that you're following old Jewish myths. They're all fake. There's nothing true about them. And she, like, she was like really sad when she was telling me this. And I remember at the time, I was not a whole lot older than you guys. I'm like, what in the world am I supposed to do with that? What am I supposed to do with that? Now, that wasn't the intense persecution that some people face, like what Daniel and his friends face, or what other people but certainly, it is difficult to choose to follow him. Following Jesus is hard. 
And unfortunately, it's only going to get harder. It isn't for the faint of heart. It's not for people who come just to hang out and have a good time. This is up on the screen. Following Jesus is for those who are dedicated, believe with all of their hearts, and are willing to stand up for the truth no matter the consequences. And that last part is the big one. Standing up for Jesus no matter the consequences. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But I want you to let that sink in. It's not something that you do just because it's cool. It's a commitment. It's faith, even in spite of what is going on around you. The final thing I want you to know, though, is that following Jesus, followers of Jesus must be obedient in every and any circumstance. You must be obedient. And that is really what characterized Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel, is their obedience. When they were faced with a test, they obeyed. The conclusions of those stories you guys know very well. In Daniel's case, the, the angels were sent to close the mouths of the lions, and they weren't able to harm him. In Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's face, uh, case, there was another in the fire protecting them so that they weren't burned. They chose to obey God, and he protected them miraculously. But I want to present to you maybe what I think is the most incredible part of their story. Listen to this directly from the Bible, from Daniel chapter 3. This is right after King Nebuchadnezzar found out that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not bowing down and worshiping the big golden idol. Then King Nebuchadnezzar, in a furious rage, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought to him. So they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar answered them, saying, Is it true that you have not served my God or worshipped my image that I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the music play, fall down and worship that image, and all will be well with you. But if you do not worship this, I shall immediately cast you into the fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered the king, saying, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this. For be it so, our God, who we serve, will be able to deliver us from the fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hands. But even if he doesn't, O king, know that we will not serve your gods or worship that image that you've set before us. I don't know if you guys know this part of the story, but Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went into that furnace not knowing if God would save them. I think sometimes we think of these old heroes from the Bible as kind of knowing everything. You, you read these stories and, and, and you think, oh yeah, they knew that God was going to save them. They didn't. They could have got thrown into that furnace and burned up. And they said, we're going to follow God anyway. And God miraculously saved them. Woohoo for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their obedience wasn't dependent on anything that God would do for them. Their commitment to Him came from their faith, regardless of their earthly fate. You see, God doesn't place conditions on His love to us. So why should we place conditions on our faithfulness to Him? Bible stories, of, uh, the Bible is full of stories of men and women just like these guys who stepped out in faith and God delivered them. But there's also tons of stories of men and women who stepped out in faith and God didn't. Stories of men who were killed in the Amazon for not following, uh, not, not attacking men who were attacking them. 
Stephen was stoned for preaching the word of God and refused to fight back. God showed himself to be faithful in every one of these scenarios, even if he didn't answer in the way that the people may have wanted. Some were obedient even to the cost of their own lives. So here's what I want you to think about. Obedience will cost you, but conformity to the world will cost you even more. Conformity to the world will cost you even more. In these stories, I want you to think about this for a moment. We talked about at the beginning all of the best of the best of, of the land of Israel. They were all about your age, by the way. They were all young teenagers, 15, 16, 17 years old. That's how old Daniel and his friends were. They were the best of the best. There were hundreds, possibly thousands of them who were brought into the courts of Babylon. How many names, how many names do we remember? One. That's all we remember. In this story of Daniel, only one man chose to pray to God and be thrown into a lion's den rather than conform. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, only three chose to not bow down to the idols even in the face of a fiery death. All of these men and women who were taken away into captivity had heard these stories of God from their youth had heard about the way that he delivered them from Egypt, had heard about the things that he did, like parting the Red Sea, and of David and Goliath, and all of these amazing stories that you guys have heard. And yet only four do we remember their names. Only four stood in obedience and faith, even in spite of the difficulties they knew they would face. Obedience will cost you, but conformity to the world will cost you more. Some of you here today have been in Sunday school your whole life. Some of you have heard the story that I told today and know it better than I know it. Some of you guys could stand up here and recite story after story after story. You know the Bible. And some of you are going to choose when you go from here to conform to the world. You're going to give up the faith that you say that you have because you don't want to face the consequences of obedience. But some of you will choose today to obey and follow God and leave the consequences to Him. My prayer is that like Daniel, like Shadrach, like Meshach, and like Abednego, we will remember you because of your faithfulness. Conformity to this world has consequences. Obedience to God has consequences as well. We need to choose which consequence you're willing to take and who you want to be. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you for the young men and the young women who are here today. I thank you for the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and the way that they stood up for you even in spite of the consequences they knew they would face. I don't think Daniel knew that God would save him in that lion's den. I don't know that Shadrach, Meshach, I know that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't know they were going to be safe from that fiery furnace. Daniel didn't, or David probably didn't know if he would actually kill the giant. But they all had faith and they stepped out and they said, I will follow you regardless of the consequences. So I pray that the young men and the young women who are here today will know that you are with them. 
and choose to follow you no matter what? And leave the consequences of following you to you. God, be upon their lives and their hearts. And thank you, God, for the faithfulness that you show to us in all things. We pray this in your name. Amen.